Thank you for joining us for this episode of Comply on the Fly with M3 and Karen B. Comply on the Fly is your trusted weekly resource for reliable insight and quick answers on common employee benefits compliance questions. Please note this podcast and the contents herein do not constitute legal advice. Seek the advice of counsel for any employee benefits, compliance-related guidance, or strategy. Hello, everyone. I'm Karen B. And the comply on the fly question of the week, directly from a client, is, and I quote, identifying the possible need for FMLA when employees are absent from work intermittently can be difficult, especially when the call-in procedure is to notify their supervisor if they are going to be absent. Are there any guidelines or best practices that you have on how to identify possible intermittent FMLA situations or when supervisors should notify HR of a potential need, for example, absent X times over the course of X time frame for the same reason? For example, if an employee gets migraines, should we be requiring the employee to apply for FMLA the first time they get a migraine and need to miss work after so many episodes? End quote. Well, intermittent leave seems to always be one of the most difficult things for employers to deal with in regards to FMLA. Here are a few tips that come to mind in relation to identifying and managing intermittent FMLA. First of all, effective manager training. Many times your HR department relies on frontline management personnel to report in on any FMLA situations to get the process going. Giving your management staff basic education not only on FMLA, but on the definition of serious health condition and continuing treatment, will give them an idea of what to look for in terms of situations that might be FMLA qualifying so they can initiate the process. Secondly, understanding what constitutes a serious health condition. For the tough intermittent situations, it is typically the chronic conditions that are the most difficult to recognize. Now, going back to just the basic definition of a serious health condition, and I paraphrase from the regulations, what will qualify an employee for FMLA leave and what constitutes a serious health condition is an illness, injury, impairment, or physical or mental condition that involves either inpatient care or continuing treatment by a healthcare provider. We will talk about continuing treatment in a minute. But remember that the employee must be unable to work or perform regular work duties due to that serious health condition, treatment for the serious health condition, or recovery from the serious health condition. And treatment does not mean routine examinations, but rather a regimen of continuing treatment that includes a course of prescription medication or therapy to resolve or alleviate the condition. A regimen that includes over-the-counter medication or self-care activities without a visit to a healthcare provider does not in and of itself constitute a regimen of continuing treatment for FMLA purposes. Third, understanding what is meant by the continuing treatment provision of that definition of a serious health condition. So, and again, quoting somewhat from the FMLA regulation, a serious health condition involving continuing treatment includes any one or more of the following. So first of all, we look at incapacity in treatment. 
a period of incapacity of more than three consecutive full calendar days and any subsequent treatment or period of incapacity relating to the same condition that also involves treatment two or three times within the first 30 days of that incapacity or treatment by a healthcare provider on at least one occasion, which results in that regimen of continuing treatment that we just talked about. Some employers use this period of incapacity requirement of three consecutive days to trigger the FMLA paperwork. I would just caution that sometimes you will have employees taking time off for chronic conditions, and the period they are out of work does not last three consecutive days. Getting your management staff to recognize potential chronic conditions without the three-day rule is important because in this definition of continuing treatment, chronic conditions are separate. Chronic conditions are defined as any period of incapacity or treatment for such incapacity due to a chronic serious health condition. And a chronic serious health condition is defined as simply requiring periodic visits, which are defined at at least twice a year, for treatment by a health care provider or by a nurse under direct supervision of that health care provider. And the chronic condition extending over a period of time, so it, it could be recurring episodes for one underlying condition, and it causes episodic rather than a continuing period of incapacity like we talked about with that three-day rule. So this is where you see, and again, directly in the regulations, it talks about asthma, diabetes, epilepsy, things like that that are very episodic. And so we have to remember that that chronic conditions can be separate from that other definition of incapacity and treatment that requires the three full days. Now, it does say directly in the regulations that absences attributed to the incapacity of a chronic condition qualify for FMLA even though the employee does not receive treatment from a healthcare provider during that absence. And even, again, like I was pointing out, the absence does not last more than three consecutive days. They give the example of an employee with asthma who may not be able to report to work due to the onset of an asthma attack or because their healthcare provider has advised them to stay home because the pollen count exceeds a certain level. So again, understanding that it's difficult to recognize, but if you educate your frontline supervisors on even these situations that can qualify for FMLA, they are more apt to then let you know so you can get the process going. And finally, four, if your staff can recognize that chronic conditions are FMLA qualifying and properly notify you in those cases, you will probably have to do a bit of education for the employees as well. Many times employees do not want to take FMLA. However, it is not really up to the employee, but rather up to you as the employer to properly identify FMLA situation and get the procedure and paperwork started. Employees should understand that without FMLA protection, their job and benefits are at risk. If FMLA is properly designated, they have job protection and benefit protection. Without it, they are simply subject to your attendance policies, which you may want to review with them. Again, this is a challenging area of FMLA administration. Much more can probably be said on the topic of intermittent leave management, 
But these are the basic foundational requirements to help you manage these situations more effectively. And that is your comply on the fly question of the week. Thanks for tuning in. What's on your mind? If you have a pressing compliance question, send it to askkarenb at m3ins.com. We'll do our best to cover it in an upcoming episode. You can now follow and subscribe to Comply on the Fly on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Make sure to tune in next week and encourage others to join us.